Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, the Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Ricky, and I am delighted to have Rohan. Hello. Happy to be here. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Thank you. Boom. So in today's podcast, we'll be talking about Nathaniel Willis, a picturesque artist and the different perspectives surrounding the term picturesque. So my buddy Rohan here, he will explain for the audience who Nathaniel Willis was. All right. So who is Nathaniel Willis? Uh, he was an American printer, a journalist, and publisher. And more importantly, he was an, uh, a landscape artist. Uh, that's, that's, his, that's his summarized description, a renowned landscape artist. And he would paint scenes from the New York Lake George area uh, and the Adirondack Mountains. So, he was born in 1825 in Massachusetts and and then he moved to New, New York City. Willis became really well known for his really breathtaking landscape paintings, especially the ones per, like surrounding the Lake George region. So he wanted to do this in order to show the world like this beautiful area, because back then there was not really that much information to be able to just spread around. You know, there was not really the Internet. So they would use paintings in order to, you know, show their where they're from and stuff. So, yeah, he, yeah. he, he there was no cameras back then. Uh, so this was like the you know he he was a pretty important figure obviously there was a nature lovers art lovers and they would all come together into one so it created you know it created discourse communities and it it was it was just, it was amazing uh you know 1800s new york tourist spot it all came together in his work so a lot of people say that um nathaniel willis has a very sharp eye for detail and that he was particularly skilled at capturing light and the atmospheric effects in his artworks and much like a lot of his artworks of the lake george area are described as very vibrant in color they have very intricate 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 brush work and the sense of tranquility so a lot of nathaniel's works include small boats on the lake, um, distant mountain ranges, forests, and just a lot of nature and detail. Um, throughout his career, Willis received numerous awards for his paintings. And today his artwork can be found in several art institutions like the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Nathaniel Willis played a really significant role in bringing tourism towards the Lake George area through his art by showcasing the region's beauty and making visitors attracted to the area. And his paintings continue to inspire and captivate art enthusiasts and nature lovers and Lake George lovers all around the world. Yeah. 
So picturesque paintings have different elements to them. So as you know, picturesque paintings are all about um, nature and like beautiful sceneries and views. So different terms that we use in picturesque paintings are chasm, crag, promontory, and peak. So chasm is a deep fissure in the in the earth's surface so like a crack in the like a crack in a mountain or a crack in a in the floor or a crack in ice because ice might be melting away stuff like that a crag which is a steep or a rugged cliff or rock face which we can see in mountains we can see it in cliffs um these are just different types of ways that we can look at a painting and know exactly what we're looking at. And we also have promontory, which is a high point of land that extends into the sea. So this can be, let's say we're on top of a mountain and we're looking down and then we see the ocean and then we see a few boats and people fishing and people in the beach. And Lastly, we have peak, which the peak is the top of a mountain where we all want to get to. So everyone's always trying to get to the peak. The peak is a very important um, part of the painting because it can have many different symbols. If the peak is rugged. It could mean something. If the peak is smooth, it could mean something. So we always have to look very, very carefully into every yeah. single piece of picturesque art. And especially uh, uh, Willis, uh, he he really included this, all, all four of those examples. He he wouldn't include them into the paintings he'd make. Uh, everything nature, it was like water, lake, trees, mountain, all of those. And they all had beautiful, beautiful colors. So picturesque paintings in the late 18th and early 19th century were referred to as the type of landscape that has an artistic appeal of some sort. So let's say maybe some people would like an ugly landscape to, in order to show how like rigorous the living conditions could be, but then other artists could like take like beautiful imagery and then put that to show how beautiful some places so it all depends on how the artist feels which will, it will all show in this beauty and there's a lot of diversity and then there will always be harmony with nature this originated in the 18th century as a descriptor of certain kinds of visual art which were related to natural scenery because people wanted to use natural patterns in order to showcase the natural world around them. Yeah. And uh, uh, some artistic interpretations of this landscape is, um, well, landscape generally is referring to uh, uh, a large scale of natural scenery. Uh, like it captures usually like a wide view. Um, maybe that's why I, cameras on the phones are called landscape mode uh, <clears throat> when it's horizontal. Yeah. But 
um percents like mountain yeah ranges, it, forests rivers yeah exactly rivers and in different forms it it could vary from physical representation to an abstract interpretation it could be yeah. like something they they're looking at and it's real like it's a real place or you know it could be there's many different forms of this so this is why we said that they were going to talk about the different perspectives because some people say that you can only it can only be defined as a picturesque painting if you can visually understand what it is because if it's abstract and you're not really sure what you're looking at so people will just get confused and some people fight that no picturesque paintings have to have a beautiful view have to be perfectly understanding and show a landscape and other people say exactly. no a picturesque painting could just be an interpretation of the landscape but exactly there's always two sides to every problem so personally i think that since the original term means that it is just an actual landscape that one can actually understand and visually see and connect to. I don't think that abstract, picturesque art is actual art. I mean, not actual art. Everything is actual art. There's no such thing as not actual art. But it's not actually picturesque art. It would be something different. All right, so let's take a, a deep dive into the world of Thomas Cole, who is, he, he's basically the, the dad of the Hudson River School. He was super good at painting America's wild nature, which made him stand out. Uh, he, had, he had very breathtaking landscapes. Um, it, it created this, this connection between um, nature and civilization. So he, he was able to connect the two in a way that others weren't. Yeah, one of his he famous was, he was able to connect like landscapes and like man-made structures with natures in his painting in order to make it look beautiful yeah it was they it was they were breathtaking, breathtaking. Uh, one of the one of the yeah <laughs> one of the famous paintings uh he had a series it was called the course of empire and it tells a story about how things can go very well for somebody and and when it, it could go very bad you know he, he was like this um this symbol of a yin yang and um people would just keep expanding and using up nature without thinking and then he'd show the beauty of nature and how there's always two sides to how it goes you know you yeah, didn't extravagant series very very yeah. beautiful very breathtaking so the next artist from the late 18th and early 19th century is Asher Brown Durant, he, which was actually friends with Thomas Cole. And they lived for around the same amount of time. And Durant was all about showing nature as accurately as he possibly could. Like he would put all his skill in order to capture every single detail in all of his paintings, in order to get the viewers and 
the people that received this painting is a perfect, perfect representation of what the <clears throat> actual landscape looks like. Um, his one of his most famous works is actually called Kindred Spirits, which is all about nature being a safe haven away from all the machines and technology and all the stuff that was starting to take over in society and all these industries. Yeah, so he brought light to the industrial revolution that was going on at that time. He brought light, he brought nature into it, which brought light to it. And, and that's beautiful. And lastly, we uh, we have Frederick Edwin Church, who from Thomas Cole, he, he, he took on teachings from Thomas Cole. He learned from him. And but he he basically excelled at that and took it to a whole new level. So church was all about the, the small details and really exemplifying them. Um he, I mean he had he had light in his paintings that it looked like real light, like real sunlight. It was incredible. I mean the the this tiniest brush strokes um is what it's what you have to use to do that. Uh, an example of this is Niagara and the heart of the Andes. So, yeah, those two are very good. So yeah. Um anything you wanna add to that about uh these artists? All these artists were just extremely influential to all of these like picturesque artists because all they wanted to do was just show the beautiful views and just show the people what they were missing out on exactly they captured the <clears> people were just stuck inside their house the whole time just working and working or doing whatever they have to do they never have to and the chance to experience the world and to see all these breathtaking views and all these beautiful extravagant like views and mountains, ranges and rivers and you know, just nature. Yeah. Uh it's like a, a talent they had for it. So next we'll be diving into late eighteenth and early nineteenth century French landscape painters. So a very important uh, landscape painter, French landscape painter, would be Jean-Baptiste Camille Corot, who was kind of in the middle of the old neoclassical style and the new Impressionist style. And Corot's paintings were all very soft, dreamy, and had very light colors and very smooth brushwork. And he did a series called Ville d'Avray. And that series showed the calmness and the beauty of nature. Well, that's, that's very beautiful. Next is Theodore Rousseau, a big deal in the Barbizon school. He was all about getting real with his landscapes and rejecting fake drama of the past. Uh, he painted like forests and countryside scenes that look super intense and moody. Uh, his most famous work, work was The Fisherman Evening Effect. And it's all about that, that passionate, a real passionate vibe. 
And <clears throat> then we have Eugene Delacroix, who was mostly known as a romantic painter. And he used very bold brush strokes and he used he played with colors in order to create um cool effects. And Delacroix landscapes paintings like the Sea at Dieppe weren't as well known, but they had a big impact on French landscape painting and they influenced the impressionists. Um these three artists took landscape painting to a whole new level in France and started the French Impressionist movement and their art is still super captivating and it speaks to anyone that is in love with nature and that wants to take care of nature and everyone should want to research these paintings and these art artists in order to connect more with nature because once we connect with nature, we start to care more for it. And once we start to care more for it, we can start work caring for the environment. Yeah, exactly. And uh, next up, we have these three Italian landscape painters. Um, we have Giovanni. Late Bat 18th and early 19th century as well. Oh, yeah. We have Giovanni Battista Luceri, Simone Pomardi, and Ippolito Caffi. So we're gonna uh we're gonna talk about Giovanni. He uh he did his painting called A View of the Bay of Naples. And it was very intricate. He used watercolors and his, his paintings showed off of the Italian and Greek landscapes in a really awesome way. His work was a huge influence on uh, how people uh viewed that that scenery because that's a different, you know, different country and uh there's more to explore there. Another Italian landscape painter was Simon Bomardi, who was a boss at capturing light and shadow. This guy was basically like the best in capturing the sun's rays in order to cast shadows and cast like the light in order to make the painting come to life. So his paintings made the Italian countryside look extremely alive and beautiful. And the colors were very vibrant and they're just beautiful, breathtaking pieces of art. And just, if you haven't been to Italy, you should look at this guy's artwork because it's beautiful. Uh, next, we have a. Uh, this is this gives off on the romantic side of things, and you know, uh, Epolito Cafe. He he was all about cityscapes and landscapes, and he 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 was a, he had the ability to create different moods and lighting in his paintings. Uh, one famous one is called "View of Rome" from the artist's studio. And it had many historical and cultural elements. It showed it really showed the what what makes you feel warm and fuzzy when you're in Italy. You know, the inner roads, the sidewalks, the lights, the houses, the architecture. It it showed it shows. And uh 
the these artists really knew how to all these artists that we just listed the talent one the Italian ones they did very well in in capturing their their country um their their yeah. their art changed and how we see and appreciate beauty all of, all of these artists from all the different parts of the world are actually all connect because all nature is is beauty and the main concept of picture picturesque paintings is cap is to capture the natural beauty of landscapes and and all these art artists artwork we can sh the artist gets a chance to sh showcase their skill in capturing light color texture and structure and to capture all their countries precious beautiful sites and <clears throat> we really don't believe that there is such thing as ugly landscapes because well everything you look at is it's beautiful. It, it could be. It, it could, it could all... be, It's basically made by God or made by a higher being to say. Exactly. Yeah. So, whenever you look at uh, at a, a tree or at an animal, it's just perfectly made. So, it's just beautiful. Everything. Yeah. There's no such thing as an ugly landscape because a landscape that's ugly is just actually could also just be telling a story. Like for example, if you take if you draw up like a like the slums in brazil like the favelas favelas they could be it could be you take it you, you draw dirty. up and it's a story about how the poor people aren't really able to get into the city and they're like pushed away from the main resources and then they're not able to keep their families going yeah exactly cool so all of these artists that we just talked about from the late <clears throat> late 18th and early 19th century, um, they're all from different parts of the world. So some of them are from Italy, some of them are from um, <clears throat> France, some of them are from the United States or America. So once we look at the different styles that each of these artists use you really yeah, the, get to see the different in culture and exactly all they, these things for every example, one of these they had they they yeah for example they, every one of these they, they took as much as they can into account of what they have in their countries and their cities um and they made it look they made it beautiful they did an absolute gorgeous representation of it yeah for example uh giovanni Bat battista lucieri's painting is mm -hmm. just like he's very attentive to detail and he does like he is very very careful with how to make the horizon line look and he makes sure that the viewer is very sunk into the painting and we can compare this with John Baptiste Corneille Corot, which is the French, uh, French landscape art painter, and 
his work is still considered a picturesque, but as you can see, if you look at his work, it's more abstract due to the fact that he's not as detailed. It's more of just like the shape, but it's not an exact shape. So you don't really get to see like people's oh, yeah. shape. The, the trees are kind of, the leaves are not very precise. It's just kind of like a blur. It is pretty blurry and fuzzy. Um, they and I see in one of John Baptiste paintings. Um, he it's called the the Ville de Avare. Um, he's got structures in the back. He's also including structures in in his paintings, just like Giovanni is, and Giovanni as well leaves blurry images of the structures as well. Yeah. And so a lot they, of these images, we see promontory, which is, once again, the high point of land that extends into the sea or water. We also see a lot of peaks. We see a lot of chasms and a lot of crags in all of these paintings. Yeah. So lastly, we'd like to talk about Thomas Cole, the American painter. And Thomas Cole was actually very attentive to detail. And of his paintings, he likes to show the colors of the mountains and the river and the plains. So he just wanted to show the world what like America was like. He just wanted to show yeah. different people what America was like and where he where he came from was like. Like the he, he other people in different countries don't really see those things every day. They have different architecture. Um and again, like before the tourists that would come, uh this these paintings is what would give them that scripture of the country. These paintings represented it as a whole. There was no digital, there was no easily getting trains somewhere, a boat somewhere to see the those rivers for themselves those rivers for themselves yeah so thank you for joining us so much today um i'm ricky and this is rohan and i'm rohan rosado and we really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast this concludes the exploring art podcast subscribe to exploring art podcast on itunes spotify soundcloud or wherever you're getting this podcast from Thank you for listening and please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Alrighty. Have a good day. See you.